Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I am your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Shauna Whitten. She is the program director for Backyard Orphans and is an amazing organization that I discovered and I'm so excited to learn more about. So thank you, Shauna, for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me on today. I truly appreciate it. Yes. So can you start by just telling us a little bit about the organization Backyard Orphans? What is it? Who do you serve and what's the purpose? Yes. So Backyard Orphans, our primary goal is to focus on church leadership. So we come alongside and we kind of work from the top down and we come alongside and we work with church leadership teams to help them develop a foster care ministry um, that focuses on support ministries, adoptions and things like that. And so it's an overarching structure that we really want churches to have a sustainable ministry that can have will really outlast leadership that will um, really support their families within their own churches to be in this ministry. Oh, that is like bringing a tear to my eye just as a foster mom. I'm like, I wish this existed in our church and in every church. Like what made you feel like this is so necessary? It clearly is. What made you feel like, okay, we've got to do something about this? really started this concept started really with the churches getting involved with our founder Eric Porter he was a pastor for 10 years at a large a large church and had to make a lot of hotlines for kids that were coming from their community in their church and and I think that wrestling began in his spirit of like that responsibility typically ends for a pastor when they make that phone call but it was that we have to be able to do more. And so God began to stir in his heart, the desire for the church really to play a bigger part in the support ministry and loving all aspects of this. And, um, and when I say all aspects, I mean, it's not just loving and supporting foster families and foster kids, but it's also supporting your child welfare. It's also supporting the bio families for reunification and, and preservation in that aspect. And so that calling for him really began about 10 years ago. And that has been a journey for him to kind of implement all of this stuff. And I joined the team about a year and a half ago. And I absolutely love the curriculum that we have. I love the message that we that we give. Um, and I love the fact of seeing churches create something that is really truly sustainable and can be life changing for those people who are on the front lines. Mm. That's so important and just so encouraging to hear you say that. So I want to ask you a little bit about the curriculum. What is it that you are enabling church leadership to do? And what is this curriculum helping to create within churches? So we come in and one of our big things that we do is we come into a church and we'll do what we call a one day workshop where we come in and it is pastoral leadership team, or maybe you're in your children's pastor, your youth pastor, maybe the person who will be doing uh, this ministry, the point person for this, like we call it orphan care, but we say orphan care simply because of the biblical term. We're not going to go around calling, you know, kids in foster care. Hey, come here, orphan, you know, (laughs) 
we use that term because we're working with churches and churches understand the the orphan, the orphan terminology when it comes to the Bible and kind of the mandate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So our curriculum is a, a workbook that we bring in. We walk churches through really Orphan Care 101. Like what's the biblical foundation for this? Making sure that everybody in the room is on the same page. Then we take them through like the leadership structure of it. Um, Who needs to be doing this? What people do you need? We talk about the actual ministry side of it. What support ministries do you already have in place that we can tap into? What ministries would work for your community and your church? Like what's needed? What skill sets do you have within your church? And then we walk them through what we call a launch Sunday, where we actually show them the steps taken to launch a ministry like this from the pulpit within their church. And so we do this, we do this with the partnership of agencies that will license the families or child welfare, depending, every state's a little bit different on how they go about licensing and things like that. And so we recruit foster adoptive families that are interested in that on launch Sunday. We have support systems in place. So when people step into it, they're supported. I mean, I think all of us can understand when we've stepped into this as a foster parent, how good it feels to have that support and then how hard it is when you don't have that support. Yeah, so we really want the churches to be activated in this space. And it really comes from that biblical mandate of James 127 to take care of the orphans and the widows. And the fact that not everyone's called to foster, not everyone's called to adopt, but everybody can do something. So let's create those somethings so that everybody can play a role in this, whether that's prayer, whether that's meals team or a child or or respite care or things like that. Mm -hmm. Let's find those avenues and connect people to it in a systematic way that's kind of mapped out strategically and things like that. I love that so much, especially because, I mean, who knows what's in the future. There have been many times in my foster care journey where I have thought one thing and God has thought another thing and his thing wins. Um, But I feel like my husband and I have talked about, you know, probably our foster care journey is going to be closing in the next, you know, year or so. We don't know exactly, not forever, but for now. And just the thought of having an organization like Backyard Orphans to reach out to and say, okay, I know foster care is never going to not be on my heart. It's always going to be on my heart. This is a mandate. As you said, James 127, I feel like most Christian foster mamas have that like engraved on their hearts. That is just such a call to care for the widow and the orphan and to have it not be such an overwhelming thing of like, okay, well, how can I still play a significant role in foster care in the foster care world and helping support widows and orphans but I'm not fostering anymore. It's not right for my family anymore. So I love this like very tactile kind of applicable thing that you can do. Let's get this started. And it's not just a one person job. It's a church coming around together saying, we're not, this isn't a one person thing. We're going to do this together um, and help many more families that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the driving force behind it. Um, my family, we be actually personally became foster parents about six years ago, uh, prior to me joining this team, because we saw the need, wanted to be part of it. Three kids came in through the system. All of them needed permanency through adoption. So we adopted them, put our kid count at six. So we have 15 down to six years of age, three bios, three adopted. And when we closed our license after that, it was like, now what's next in the same sense that you was like, what do we want to do? Because that desire to be involved in this space is still there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's silly to sometimes think that you can only this, 
this, the scripture verse is not just for foster parents. It's not just for adoptive parents. It is everybody really can do something. And so, yeah, so that is, that's my something is getting other churches involved in this so that it's sustainable for everybody. And that people who step into this aren't afraid to do it because they've got the support teams around them. Yeah. And to know, I think, Every mama who's been in this space can attest to the fact that there are moments where you're like, I'm just need to survive this. Yeah. And to know that you have people that you can call up and say, can you just pray for me? Or just, you got a meals team and you're like, you know what? I'm barely surviving the day. Can you bring a meal over to me? Or you've got your team of supporters that are going to carry you through those, those thick moments that you're literally are just like, I'm just surviving the day, you know, yes. and just how helping carrying that weight is really where we want to see the church involved in this. And you've got prayer warriors out there who can, who have the ear of God and the favor of him and to know that they're fighting a battle that you can't see because all you're trying to do is survive the meltdown over shower time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's not something that I just want the church to do, but it's something that we've lived through personally and still mm -hmm. continue to live through. And the power of the body of Christ coming together and really supporting people is just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love that. And I can also see the impact even outside of church walls of like, you know, foster parents who would never step foot into a church, but maybe are going to be able to get support, you know, right. from a church and just being able to be loved on that way. Like what a cool thing for them, I can see just like the ripple effects that a ministry like this would have in the community and throughout, you know, foster care and, and things like that. That's amazing. Yeah. And then if the church does things strategically to even help reach out to the community, offering date nights for foster parents. You know, we heard um, about a church who had, they went to their local community and they had um, their local community give gift cards for their restaurants. And so they created a date night. So if you're a foster parent, you could come drop your kids off and then they gave you a gift certificate to literally go into the community and eat that night. And so the, you have been, you know, restaurant owners who are supporting foster families. Like it's just a beautiful thing mm -hmm. that I think when we, when we put our brain to it, we realize that God is a God of creativity and he's not limited to just X, Y, and Z, that there's just all these things that foster families can be supported through and that people can get involved, restaurant owners, giving gift cards and, you know, whatever it happens to be. So, yes. yeah. That's such a great idea. Like, and that's exactly that creative thinking that can just mean so much, like just a date night as a foster mama with my husband. I'm like, yes, please sign me up like that. That is a tangible, easy way to say, hey, I see you. And I know this is probably hard for you. So let's come alongside you and just let you reconnect as husband and wife for a little bit. That's just, even yes. that stuff right there. It's just so, it seems silly, but it's so important when you're going through it. Absolutely. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So if someone wanted to get involved with having this ministry come to their church, Shauna, what is a first step that they could do to have kind of um, backyard orphans be a part of something going on in their church? 
Yeah, so we would love to connect with them. Our website that they could go to would be usa.backyardorphans.org. And you can click on a link for uh, them to fill out a form to connect with us. So we would connect with them. And then the first thing that we do is once we made that um, initial connection is start a Zoom conversation with them and explaining kind of the details of this and things like that. And then we take it from there and see how it would you know pan out in their church and their community. But what we've seen is that this model works. They say that 50% of foster parents end after the first year. They quit because they're tired, they're burnt out. And most of the time they quit because of this lack of support. But we've also heard that there's a 90% retention rate when families feel supported in this. And so you go from a 50% retention rate to a 90% retention rate. And then not only that, it alleviates that stress from child welfare. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not only helping foster families and children and bio families, it's also speaking life into the caseworkers who are on those front lines with this and with, you know, child welfare, because we're eliminating that need of that, that endless revolving door of foster families, because we can keep them for long term. And so having that, I think there, I mean, there's so many beautiful aspects when you have a healthy system in place that it just works. Yeah. And I think like what changes when the caseworkers are less frazzled because they can count on that measure of support. So they're able to show up in a different way in a healthier way. Um, There's just so many, like I said, ripple effects that could come from this, this level of support, which is so amazing that offered. I love it. What is kind of one encouragement you would give to a foster mama who's maybe listening and is getting excited? Like, Ooh, I think I want this to be something that we do at our church. What kind of encouragement can you give them of just like, what can we do right now today to get started loving and supporting other foster families? I think for foster mamas who are sitting here listening, knowing you're not alone. And that I think there are people within your church who would step up to the plate in an instant if they knew you needed help. Mm -hmm. And so I think vocalizing maybe sometimes in a kind way to those people who you know could help you and maybe organically just, hey, could you do this or do that? I had some really good friends. My husband's a pastor, so we've been in church ministry my whole life. And so we kind of came at this in an angle where we didn't necessarily have the support in a um, in an official way. We had it organically. And so I had to allow my closest friends to come in. There were times where they're like, we've got the kids, you're going on a date because you have foster parents. Sometimes you feel like this is my responsibility and I committed to this. So, you know, I don't, not that I don't want their help, but I just feel like that's my responsibility. And so you have to, as a foster parent, allow your supports to actually help. And so allow those people, you know, will help to help and don't feel guilty about it because that's there's something in the process of this too, is that you weren't called into this alone. You were called into this together. And so allow those people who, you know, are going to help to help. Yeah. And, uh, you're not alone and we're going to, we're going to get the church activated in this space. And I, I truly believe years from now, we are going to see a ripple effect of a difference of sustainability. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when the church gets involved in all of this, it ripples to everything, not Mm -hmm. just the immediate, but to the bio families that you get to engage with and, and love on and, and support in the process of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a beautiful thing. And, and I mean, when kids can be reunified, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's incredible. But foster mamas, you're not alone. You are not alone in this and allow your supports to help you. 
Yeah, that's one thing that I hear all the time. And I'll admit it's hard for me sometimes. Like sometimes my one of my good friends will listen to the podcast and be like, Kathleen, what do you need this week? Because I hear you telling other people to ask for help. I'm like, I know, but it does feel that way. And it feels like um, really difficult to, you know, be a helper person and be like, oh, I'm, you know, asking for help. This is hard, um, right. but it is so important. And for sustainability, as you were saying, sometimes I hear a lot or see a lot, it seems on social media, at least, you know, foster moms who are like, I've been fostering for, you know, 15 years, we've had, you know, 190 kids through our home and whatever. And I'm like, that's awesome for some people, but I hear that statistic and th- and I, I like freak out. Like I like want to go into the fetal position and just like rock. Like I can't fathom that lifestyle for myself and my family. And, but then at the same time, I'm like, but then if I feel like this comes up a lot for people, it's like, if not me, then who, but that's not healthy either, because that's not like, that's not God's vision. His vision is for his kingdom to do this kingdom work. And so that's what I really love about backyard orphans is like, let's set this up to be a sustainable kingdom work that we can all take part in. Right. Absolutely. And that's our, everybody can do something. And it's just, you find those somethings and you, I mean, you have to implement a plan. Like it's not just everybody coming in and being like, I want to do this and this and this and this, like you've got to create a plan that's sustainable with on ramps and systems and things like that. And those systems is what makes it sustainable. And really when it comes from the, and we typically don't move forward unless the lead pastor is on board, because if it's, if it does not come from the lead pastor and it's not in his heart, it's not going to be poured out successfully the way that it needs to be. And so it it cannot be a silo ministry. It truly has to be in the DNA of who they are as a church. Mm -hmm. And we've actually seen it. There are churches with memberships. A lot of churches have like memberships and we have a pastor who made a part of his membership that you had to either foster, adopt, or support those that do. And they made a huge impact into their local community because Uh, a pastor truly took what the word of God said and implemented it into the DNA of his church. And I'm just like, you know what, if you're a pastor out there, I challenge you, make that part of your membership, foster, adopt, or support those that do. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, there are so many stories out there of people like going big after this. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part is that when we do see it, we see lives transformed, yeah. not just foster parents, but foster kids. Yes. We see adopted kids' lives, and we also see bio parents' lives. We see yes. agency workers' lives. Everybody's lives can be changed when the church does what they're called to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is exactly it. And that's what I love. Like, this is not like a man-made idea. This is literally God's actual all the way command. And so... I think it kind of is just like reinvigorating um, me just talking to you, but I hope it will reinvigorate other foster mamas out there listening that we don't have to do this. Um, We're not an island. We are meant to be in fellowship and community and to do this kind of with our arms lifted by other people so that we can sustain in this ministry um, of foster care. We all feel is so important and such a huge calling on our hearts. So I love that. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much, Shauna, for chatting. I appreciate it. Um, tell us one more time the easiest, best way to connect with um, Backyard Orphans if this is something that people are thinking about would be great for their church. Yeah, absolutely. USA.backyardorphans.org. 
and they can click a form at the bottom if they want to connect with us and we will follow up with them and make that connection happen. We would absolutely love to connect with you out there and uh, see how we could implement something like this within the walls of your own church and uh, ultimately affecting your community and changing changing destinies. I mean, heaven will look different when the church says yes. When the church runs towards the brokenness and not away from it, it's going to look different. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And is this for anywhere in the U.S.? The world, like where can, doesn't matter what Anywhere in the U.S., we've got um, people that will go all over. Um, I'm actually, I live in Indiana. Our um, headquarters for this is in Texas, but we've got people who will travel anywhere all over the United States to get this um, in place. And eventually we're going to hopefully take this international too, because if it's really for the church, it's for the church at large. So um, yeah, we would love to connect. Thank you so much, Shauna, for your time and for being here and for everything that you guys are doing. Well, thank you so much for allowing us to share.